Once upon a time, upon an island in the middle of a lake, three public stewards joined forces to protect a small town's independence and start a podcast. I'm Superintendent and Coroner, Baby Smith Jones Johnson. I'm Fire Chief and Historian, Gil Gilman. I am Mayor Manny McDermott. Is y'all come back? Hello, comebackers, and welcome to another episode of This Is Y'all Come Back. I am, of course, your mayor, Manny McDermott, and I'm Superintendent and Coroner Baby Smith Jones Johnson. And this weekend, my cat Schlurmful won a very heated Nev Campbell lookalike contest. The grand prize was a cobalt machete. And I'm Fire Chief and Historian Gil Gilman. Uh, this morning, I was uh, frightened myself by running into the cardboard cutout that I collected a long time ago of the Scrubbing Bubbles mascot. Uh, it has been in my basement for decades, uh, but was inexplicably in my kitchen at my dining room table. Baby Gil, it's so good to be with you all once again in this room. I know it's a weekly endeavor at this point, but I can't help but feel my spirits lift every time we're sitting together and recording this podcast for the people of Y'all Come Back. And Gil, speaking of you running, I know that you are training up. We are, it's one of the most exciting times in Y'all Come Back since I've been here. We are just a couple of weeks away from the official Little Miss Cornhole competition, which means that preliminary and qualifying competitions are happening as we speak. So Gil, I know you are actively competing. Baby, I know that you are very involved as well. What are you all seeing out there? Uh, what have been some of your favorite moments in this this past week of uh, preliminaries for Little Miss Cornhole? Uh, well, Manny, I love every aspect of the Little Miss Cornhole pageant, uh, but the preliminaries are some of my favorite mm-hmm. moments. Uh, I have to say that uh, in order to enter the Little Miss Cornhole competition, uh, competitors need very nimble fingers. Uh, so that is why we have the preliminary speed knitting mm. competition. Uh, each competitor needs to knit at least 90 yards of fabric. Uh, and so I have my eye on newcomer Nadia Corona. She actually scaled Lone Mountain and harvested silk flowers that only grow there. Wow. And then she spun those silk flowers into the yarn. Wow. You know, what's weird, baby, is that just yesterday I was watching the speed kneading competition and watching all of those little hands going on those giant balls of bread. It was um, it was something to behold. Uh, Gil, what about you? Well, uh, you know, it's. I, I I really appreciate having the qualifying and elimination uh, competitions uh, as as part of the competition, uh, the Little Miss Cornhole competition, mostly because I feel like, you know, uh, each of these represents sort of one quality that you have to have to be able to be Little Miss Cornhole and uh, each of the different competitions. And so if you can't even cut it in sort of your best one, you got no chance in the real competition in just a couple of weeks now. Um so I I went to the one that I felt that I could best uh, I guess represent myself and my strengths, uh, which I was the which is why I went for to the Need for Speed uh, competition where I 
was able to just recite as much uh, Need for Speed factoids. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with mm. the... Uh, I, I know neither of you were there. I was looking for you in the stands uh, as I was sort of going through my trivia beforehand, being asked the questions. So I I wouldn't say I'm upset about it, um, but I, I did win. I, I came in first there. I, I know a lot about Need for Speed trivia. Uh, uh, Gil, that's actually really handy because my my nephew has taken up Need for Speed, and he was he was asking me um, something about um, how to access uh, the the clown car feature. Uh, maybe you could explain that here. Uh, you know, Manny, I would love to, but frankly, uh, I, there are so many ways to answer that question. I mean, are you talking about the Need for Speed clown car in Need for Speed Payback? Are you talking about the clown's car in? Need for Speed Rivals on the PS4. Perhaps you're talking about Need for Speed Underground, perhaps one of the most well-known Need for Speeds. Or are you talking about the DVD extra on Need for Speed film uh, from 2014? The canon is just so expansive, Manny, that you really have to be specific with these sort of things. And and really, I think this shows why you were not asked to moderate this uh, qualifying competition, uh, because that kind of question simply would not be accepted uh, for for competitors. I mean, there would have been a riot if you had asked that sort of thing. Very well. Okay, we will take this offline. Um, The tone of this conversation has taken a turn, um, so to speak. Uh, I I did want to ask Gil and Baby, uh, one thing that I saw this past week, I was at... Um, over at the open field by the former mass grave of chickens. And I saw up on the giant totems, all of these children um, standing, well, not all children, Gil was there. Um, and they were seeing how many people they could fit in a trench coat. Uh, what What is this competition measuring? Uh, well, uh, Manny, the, uh, the stuffing into the coat, uh, it's really more ritualistic and symbolic yes. than anything. Uh, it is to... Ceremonial, really. Yeah, it is uh, to, to cleanse and balance the chakras of uh, each competitor. Hmm. It's, I, I believe it, it begun by um, sort of uh, a process of thinking about how the competitors were to stack up against one another um and uh you know uh, beyond that i i couldn't really tell you uh, where it comes from but um we also just thought it was neat we just had those really long trench coats and you know what else are you gonna do with them they are everywhere around town it's kind of strange uh okay well while we're here while we're talking about little miss cornhole the the atmosphere around town the betting markets it's all you know reaching a fever pitch so Gil, I know you're a little biased. I know you're a competitor yourself, but who are your all's current biggest contenders? Who who should we be looking out for? Uh, well, uh, like I mentioned, uh, Nadia Corona has caught my eye. She um, she was born with ten inch long fingers, so she did get a bit of a leg up, or well, maybe a hand up in uh, the speed knitting uh, preliminary competition. Uh, but I've also been looking at. Uh, Lenny Houston, and, uh, well, a lot of that has to do with uh, his luscious locks. Uh, that blonde flowing hair, it's just mesmerizing. For me, uh, I think one of the biggest comp- competitors is going to be Ellie Rose Contu. Um, Ellie Rose chose the harpsichord disassembling and reassembling uh, qualifying competition, and, uh, and, and she blew the com- competition there out of the water. Uh, it was really amazing uh, how she was able to both disassemble and reassemble that harpsichord. Uh, and and what's more, I think if anyone, if if 
anyone listening knows uh, Ellie Rose, then then you know that that's not her forte. You know that she's she wasn't a born uh, harpsichord assembler and re, or disassembler, uh, but she to- chose that anyway. And um, I think she's going to be one that you're going to have to look out for. Certainly, I am. Uh, we are getting a phone call right now, though, Manny. Did you have something else that you wanted to ask, though, before I answered this? You need to ask these questions pretty quickly, Manny. This oh, is an um, emergency call. No, I I, I, I I, don't guess so. Wait, wait, why? Gil, just answer the phone. There's no, You don't need to wait for me to ask a question. This is an emergency line. You just need to answer the... Manny, I was just trying to be polite. Gil, but, but, you know, we that, need to okay, ask the question to the person on the phone, uh, not to Manny, me. you and need these... to sort out your priorities. My priority is the person on the Manny, phone, baby. Manny, I don't have time to hear this, Manny. We've got someone on the... Hello, caller. Sorry, Manny is just talking oh up God. a storm here. This is Gil Gilman, fire chief and historian. No, that's that's uh, totally and... fine. I, I, I was calling because, uh, well, first of all, let me tell you my name is uh, Elmer F. McCoy, longtime resident of uh, Yalkumbeck. And uh, you may know me because I used to be the town historian, which, oh. uh, by the way, Goyle, you're doing a great job. I've, I've been very impressed with the way that you've handled things, Goyle. And uh, I, I, I just wanted to let you know that uh, you're doing great. You're standing on the shoulders of giants, which would be me. I, I'm pretty tall, actually. I'm something around seven foot uh, two, or uh, maybe uh, six foot eight. I, I can't remember. I'm not really good at, at numbers and counting, but either way, uh, of, of course, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's so great to hear from you, Mr. McCoy. I I'm also glad that you uh, specified that you were the predecessor. Just to, again, just so you, it's Gil Gilman um, here. Uh, I'm the one who's speaking currently, uh, but I I was concerned. I was concerned that maybe that this was uh, Elmer F. McCoy III, a.k.a. Trey, uh, that was calling in yeah, your, your, your dad. But uh, No, he's not been is... doing so well since that uh, freak flamingo boating accident. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It... Now, is this the same Elmer F. McCoy who famously passed out edible farmer's almanacs uh, during the 1991 Halloween? Well, some say yes, some say no. I'll let you guys uh, fill in the blanks, if you will. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that was me. Huh. Oh. Uh, uh, Manny, so uh, as you've probably figured out, um, I actually took over the role of a uh, historian from uh, uh, Mr. McCoy here, uh, uh, historian emeritus. So yeah, um, yeah he was... You know, if you got any questions about Yalkenbeck, I'm sure that he's uh, can definitely answer those for you. Um, I've been studying this town. It's it's a big part of my life. Uh, it's a huge. It, my heart is basically Yalkenbeck shaped. If if you can believe that. Well, that sounds uh, problematic, and I hope that you get that looked at. Um, I think that would be tough for blood flow. But I I will say, Elmer. One thing I'm curious about as I'm sitting here watching Gil week by week struggle to pick up our box phone. Um, how exactly is the historian determined? Like, is this an elected position? What what led you to leave? Um, how how did this transition happen? Well, <laughs> that's a long story, buddy. But let's see how fast I can uh, sum it up. Uh, uh, many many years ago, in uh, in 1997. Oh. After the Backstreet Boys played at the county fair, um, I decided that it was such a historical moment that uh, I, I thought, well, who's going to tell our grandchildren about this day? 
anyway, I thought, well, somebody needs to write this stuff down or, or it's going to get lost in the annals of time. So uh, I uh, went to the mayor and I said, well, how do you how do you become a town historian? And uh, he said, uh, I don't know. And so I don't know. It must have started soon after there. I can't remember the details. Well, um, typically, Elmer, when I when I ask for a story and it involves a boy band, I want it all or nothing at all. But I'm actually I'm glad you stopped there. Uh, I I am curious, though. Why'd you call in today? Is everything OK? I, I do want to uh, make sure that we're serving you as well. Oh, well, uh, you know, I let me preface this by saying you three young children are doing a terrific job. Oh, I really am impressed. You know, I, I just I listen to your podcast on my radio device every oh. single night. That that's great. Wow. Uh, Elmer, you're actually on the podcast right now. Uh, we are we're yeah we're, we're recording an episode. Um, my friends are gonna love this man. Who? Before I get ahead of myself, I I want you guys to know you're doing a great job, but you really need to study up on your history because uh, I've heard oh. you say some things in this podcast that uh, really as a as a historian by trade and by interest and passion cannot fly and uh, i don't want you to misinform the youth of today who uh, are very mm. into this podcast sort of thing and uh make them th- believe in falsehoods about our our beloved town so uh, uh well uh elmer uh, what sort of things are you uh are you talking about here uh, because we do use uh gill's book on the history of yalkenbach as our official source material and um you know, it's pretty airtight. Well, for beginners, right? But when you're more studied and advanced like me, you know the true history, which uh, if you can read ancient Egyptian, you'd know that because I wrote all of our town annals on in ancient Egyptian. So uh, anyway, mm. it's if you look on the bookshelf, they're stored behind the bookshelf on the bottom left. And, and you'll, you'll see all the stuff that I wrote. And, and it's the true stuff. For example... This uh, Little Miss Cornhole thing, it originally... Do you guys know the story of Little Miss Cornhole? Oh, do I? Well, I I was told a story. Oh, let's hear, what you, let's hear what you said, and I'll tell you how wrong it is. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I guess the short version was that they told me about, you know, Agatha Smith-Jones-Johnson beginning it as, um, well, you know, um, well, I guess that part was kind of vague, but it was a, a pageant to... Uh, uplift the the mystery of the island and the greatness therein right yeah i'm totally wrong um it actually started in 1876 it was a stick pull and a three-legged race event oh it was founded by jebediah Mm, anchorage now um yeah uh uh, well i don't i think um one of the great things about you know, as a historian, one of the things that I know about history is, you know, classically, there are many ways to interpret it. And um, I mean, I I'm, I I try to speak truth. I try to, you know, hold an ideal of, you know, never saying falsehoods um, on the podcast. I also like to respect my elders. You whippersnappers uh, can say whatever's history and ignore the wisdom of the, the older generation. And that's fine. That's your prerogative if you feel like it. I guess I'll just um, disappear into the darkness. If- no, well, no, Elmer, no, please. No, we do- definitely don't want that. Um, well, Elmer, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering maybe. Uh, of course, I've read all of your, uh, all of your histories that you wrote. Um, 
it's interesting you said that they were in ancient Egyptian. I really sw- could have sworn they were in Cyrillic, um, but you, you know, you would know better. Yeah, than- you you just uh, look harder, buddies. That's all. That, that my whole purpose of this call is just you guys are really surface level with this stuff. You need to look harder and deeper because. There's a whole world you haven't found yet that, that is yet to be discovered. I, I'll bite. Uh, Elmer, uh, could you uh, expand on this um, supposed misinterpretation of the history of Little Miss Cornhole? Oh, well, Cornhole. Of course, you guys know that uh, Cornhole is a Navajo word. The first half, corn, stands for corn. Hole stands for Oh yes, hole, corn hole. They would dig a hole in the ground. They would stick the corn in the hole. They would cover it in soil and then corn would grow. It was what they used to call farming corn back then. It was called corn hole, plant the corn in the hole. I think people still do that, Elmer. I think that's called planting corn. Corn hole, yeah, exactly. Now I do, I might actually have some insight here that might help this conversation get somewhere productive. I was... I was looking through uh, our books here at Town Hall, doing some of my own research, and um, next to Elmer's annals, which I saw alphabetically, were Gil's annals, which were... Uh, Gil, I've asked you not to keep the hentai collection here at the office. I No, I believe, I believe Manny, you're actually talking about uh, Gil's annuals. Uh, well, my- I... Either way, whatever they were called, Guild, I saw. I certainly saw something that did look three-legged, um, and certainly things that looked like they were going harder and deeper into the the history. Um, so, Elmer, can you tell me a little bit more about this 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 three-legged race? What was that about historically? What, what was that traditional? Was it symbolic? What was that? You're lucky to be born in this last few years when there aren't major conflicts. But do you guys remember that before the Civil War, there was the original, the Civil War One, the one you hear about is Civil War Two. But in the first Civil War, it was the Civil War where everybody got their one of their legs chopped off. Um, what? There was a there was an ammunition shortage, and so everyone had to use their bayonets, and uh, people's legs were removed in in mass quantity, and and there were just every town had its leg pile. And so what you did for the three-legged race is you got some twine and you would tie the extra leg that you found on your right leg, usually. You would run down to the baker's shop, ring three times, and then you would shout, Cornhole! Oh, that's, you know, when he says it like that, it's very believable. I I think I'm going to have to break out my my dainty fainting couch for this. Um, well, Barbie, um, I think that's a, a, a fine idea. That's, uh, you know, Elmer, that, um, of course, yeah, uh, Baby here, uh, you, you'll remember, is the um, superintendent. Uh, Barbie, I, I know his father. Uh, oh, um, do you? That I, would be... Who is... Who? It's Daryl, right? I, well, that's a great question. Baby, this might be breaking news. Yeah, I think it's Daryl, right? I, I just say that to young people because they listen to me more if I say I know their parents. I, I... And, you know, it's, um, I, I think sometimes when you're around for such a long time, you tend, you might think of, you might get, well, you know, things get confusing after a while, I guess is what I'm trying to maybe hint, um, 
Uh, well, you know, Elmer, it sounds like maybe Miss Little Miss Cornhole isn't the only thing that you uh, were upset about us uh, getting wrong. It, it, was there anything else? You know, it's anything else that we need correct? And it, maybe, uh, I don't know, what about the history of the uh, island's origins as a penal colony? Or, uh, you know, maybe you could t- speak to that. I know you sort of did a specialty on uh, sort of uh, local wildlife was part of your his- histor- history that you were particularly interested in and, and, and the cultural scene here. Yes, of course. Well, a lot of people think that it was, uh, don't know the exact year that Yalkenbeck was founded. It was actually founded, it was one of the first American cities. It was founded in 1493 or 1494 when Christopher Columbus sailed in the Mayflower um, across the the ocean. And uh, yeah, him and his intrepid team of bandits came to Earth and... uh, I believe oh. that they, uh, one of them was named uh, Luke. I believe one of them was named Luke. And mm-hmm. he had an uncle named Ben, who was a very good rice cook. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe that him and Uncle Ben went to a cave and found an old man. Oh, this is um, fascinating. I, yeah, why does school doesn't teach me this stuff? Oh, yeah. it's uh, The thing is, History. Once the history bug bites you, it'll never, it'll never let go. It'll, it'll just keep you getting more interested. People don't know, but the last living giant sloth can be found in Yalkumbak's eastern forest, or is it western forest? I can't remember. Wait, like it, it's still alive? Oh yeah, he, he, he I, I feed him a chunk of. Uh, hey, every single day. I thought oh. that that you might have been that. Perhaps this was maybe one of the uh, the you know the local cryptid, the owl men. Uh, but uh, oh no, it... you guys don't know uh, Copernicus, the last living giant sloth. Well, Elmer, how does he how does he avoid detection? I imagine that he moves incredibly slow to be so large and a sloth. Have you ever seen a sloth stand up tall? They pretty much disappear. You know what? I haven't. Well, that's where they all went. If you stand right up next to a tree, and then they stand up really tall, they're pretty much undetectable. So they just stood up? Yeah. I mean, you always see them slumped over like they've got a back problem, but just wait till they stand vertical, and you have no idea where they are. Wow, that's, um... You know, uh... Oh, Elmer, you know, it, this, you're really teaching us a lot of things uh, today uh, that I think some would say are, I don't know, believable to a certain type of folk. But uh, I think something uh, we, we do need to take a quick commercial break. Um, I don't know if you want to stay on or not and maybe learn us, uh, teach us some more, but please uh, do. I'm learning. We do have to take Matlock is on in 45 minutes. So as long as we could wrap it up, then uh, we'll we'll be good. Okay, Then I I was hoping maybe you'd take the uh, hint, but no, that's okay. Uh, Well, Gil, did you say take the hentai? Because honestly, Elmer, someone needs to take it out of here. I. Okay. We're going to be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by the Chlorine Division of Inner Lake Chemical Corporation. Did you know that because of its great reactivity, all chlorine in the Earth's crust is in the form of ionic chloride compounds, which includes table salt? 
It's also the second most abundant halogen, right after fluorine, and 21st most abundant chemical in the Earth's crust. Manny, Gil, I sent you each a 50-pound sample of unrefined chlorine. How have you been using this amazing chemical to improve your lives? Well, as you know, baby, I've got a bit of a dandruff problem. And I found that the only thing that really helps with my dandruff, uh, despite the fact that I don't actually grow my own uh, head hair, uh, is to, to just heat up some of that unrefined chlorine uh, until it sort of creates a gaseous form and, and then sort of rub my head through that cloud. Uh, I, you know, I noticed that I don't really remember much of what happens after that. Uh, but uh, when I wake up, I seem not to be concerned about my dandruff anymore. Baby, um, I just have to tell you that this was a gift sent from the gods for me, as as you know, and uh, we've talked about off the podcast. I I tend to have a thing for swimmer guys, and I've been using this unrefined chlorine to just rub all over my body so that they think there is a pool nearby. Uh, and it's just been I've been getting all these guys coming up to me and asking if I like was interested in a, like a five course lunch or where where we could train together and. Um, Let's just say that things are going swimmingly. Amazing. Remember, among the elements, chlorine has the highest electron affinity and the third highest electron negativity on the Pauling scale, right behind oxygen and fluorine. So if you're in the market for chlorine or any chlorine compounds, the Chlorine Division of Interlake Chemical Corporation has you covered. Use promo code CHLORINETHEHOUSEDOWNBOOTS at checkout to receive a free sample of a surprise ionic chloride compound. This week, we'd like to promote Proglodytes. Proglodytes was created to promote progressive, experimental, and avant-garde music. Check out Proglodytes for album reviews, features, artist interviews, as well as a podcast. Find them at proglodytes.com. That's P-R-O-G-L-O-D-Y-T-E-S dot com. Or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. The Proglodytes podcast can be found on most major podcast apps. And we're back. Um, Gil, uh, I have to imagine that this is quite an honor for you. We are we're still on the line with Elmer F. McCoy the Fourth, the former town historian. Gil took his place, and um, having both of these minds on the same line, uh, truly a moment for our podcast. Gil, how are how are you feeling? Well, Manny, I'm uh, personally feeling a little uh, grateful that Baby installed that uh, mute button for us uh, on the phone. Uh, because I just wanted to tell you real quick before uh, I get Elmer back on here, I'm not I, I'm not sure how much Elmer um, so much uh, it, it you know lo- stepped down as the historian as so much as he was chased out. Um, a, a lot of this is uh, I guess not true is probably the best way to say this. You know, I I like to maintain my composure, and you both know I don't like to use foul language, Uh, but all of that about the history of Little Miss Cornhole, well, that was just fooey. Um, Gil, you're pressing the the pound key. Oh, so so that's why I've just been hearing this, like, slight humming noise. Should I let go of it? Yes, please. Um, Okay. Also, he... 
Elmer. Um, Elmer, you heard? Did, did you uh, did you hear that humming noise? Oh yes, F sharp sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I was pressing the pound key. Um, did you hear anything else? No, just that beautiful sonorous music coming out of my phone box. Well, that's great. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Well, Elmer, I I actually do have a question. So, um, I had a bit of an interrupted education. I was homeschooled on the traveling circus circuit, and I, the really the only thing that I remember learning about oh, Yolkenback. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the only thing I remember learning about Yolkenback in our local history uh, unit was about you know the the former town motto um fill your soul and fill your hole and no one's really told me where that came from could you tell me oh of course yes fill your soul and fill your hole were the last words that were uttered by lucas that man i was talking about oh so what happened is uh well after he found ben in the cave and then he met a smaller man who was green and had pointy ears a couple of guys who were up to oh. no good made some trouble in his neighborhood, and he got in one little fight, one tiny little fight, and his mom got scared, and and then she sent him to Bel Air, California, to live with his uncle Philip. Oh, what a twist! Yes, so he his his uncle Philip was a judge, and he was a very very good judge, and uh, and mm. um, at some point, uh, I think it was 1972, a uh, a crack commando unit was sent to prison for a crime they did not commit. Uh, Elmer, uh, you are so storied uh, and well-versed uh, in the history of Yalkenbach that uh, I'm sure that you must have extensive, extensive knowledge of even the minutia of the island. So uh, I was wondering, there, there's a big rock in my backyard. Can you tell me anything about that? Oh, yes. Yes, that's the Stone of Scone. Ah. Have you noticed those ancient markings on the side? Well, actually, yes, I have. Uh, but my oh. mother told me that uh, that was none of my concern. More glyphs? Yes, glyphs are the Spanish word for lumps. <laughs> my God, what kind of lumps? If you feel the lumps, they form out letters. Okay. The stone of scode, if you run your hand along the side... You learn the true history. You learn that it was there where Frankie went to Hollywood and uh, learned to relax. <laughs> I mean, Manny, uh, not to you know call you out, but it, Manny's making this quizzical face. But uh, you don't speak Spanish. Of course, you, I speak Spanish. <laughs> Y'all come back. Used to be a Spanish territory. Ooh. You're, you, wait, um, I'm sorry. You're you're saying that y'all come back as a Spanish territory while you were a resident here. You... When the Spaniards took over in 1793, my father was taken as a prisoner. I was raised by a group of conquistadores, and uh, yeah, that's. Uh, did you guys not know that the name y'all come back is actually Basque? Um, I did not. What it. Would it not be Vosotros come back? Well, it used to be. <laughs> not until 1913 when they voted to change it to y'all, which is the closest equivalent. Yes, uh, and Vosotros come back is, is a very, it's a mouthful, so. Uh, 
Well, you know, we are getting sort of close to uh, our time here. And, I, you know, you mentioned Matlock before. I don't want you to miss that. Um, though I'm, I believe it comes on at 830. Uh, but you know, who am I to say? Uh, anyway, you, do you have any uh, parting words of wisdom? You know, one of the great things about being the historian is you know so much about what happens before. But also you get a glimpse into what might happen in the future. So, uh, you know, what do you think is... What do you think is coming in uh, in Yalkenbeck's future? Well, the other day I was at that place where the moving picture boxes happen, and uh, I, I I I got this thought, and I wanted to share it to you for you guys. Um, you know, I know that you're very wrapped up in your smartphones and your computers and your typewriters and your fax machines. Which, by the way, I uh, will fax you some of the factual errors you've made on the previous podcast episodes because uh, it's really a tragedy what you've done here, uh, uh, sullying the town's name with your false history. But anyway, totally fine. You're great. You're a great man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what you're doing. But, but I wanted to let you know, if you leave your lawnmowers on too, mo- too long, you know, it's going to clog up the atmosphere and, and we're going to have some real problems. So always make sure when you're done mowing and you take your earplugs out to turn off your lawnmowers because apart from, you know, all that smoke it kicks up, it makes an incredible racket. And, and especially when I'm trying to watch Price is Right at 4.30. Um, I, I, hmm, I actually didn't know that. Um, huh. Thank you, Elmer. And thank you for promoting sustainability. It's something we are trying to focus on here, and that message will resonate with our seasoned citizens who love their lawns. I'm a big fan of sustainability. Well, uh, Elmer, um, you know, it, uh, uh, this is um, Gaul speaking again, and we got sustainability here too. And um, and Mayor Manny, I guess we're just we're all here saying thank you um, for calling in. Uh, you know, you you learn something new every day, and I like to say when you're talking to Elmer, you learn everything new uh, about every day. Uh, is what I always well, say. Well, thank you, Gelf, and and Mooney, and uh, and uh, and um, Booby as well. Yes, it's been an honor, Elmer. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so I've de- I've definitely I'm not hitting pound now. I have ended the call, but um... okay. Wow, that was. You know, um, to be honest, Gil, baby, I know that both of you that you might have known all of that already. But for me, up until this point, my only history teacher ever was um, the the loose jointed man who trained the tigers. And um, frankly, he I don't know if he knew what he was talking about. So to hear from a scholar. I, no, no uh, I'm sorry. Amazing. Uh, Mooney, the no Elmer was all of that was not true. There was not a well, lick of truth to that. But he. But he sounded so sure. It was Star Wars, Manny. Oh, and okay. a little bit of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I mean, you know, don't don't take it so down. You know, I think we did learn something. You know, we we learned a, a little bit about respect. You know, we learned about uh, listening well, to other people's opinions. And... We learned how gullible Mooney is. Yeah, and and I learned that I can refer to myself as a gilf, um, and that's something I think I'm going to start saying and trying to get other people to say. I I think you could really catch so... on. If I already sent out a tweet about the lawnmowers, uh, do I do I need to delete that? Oh, that part that was actually very informative. Oh, that's a oh great, that's a very good great. idea, Manny. Yeah, yeah, and and honestly, I think I think he was talking to you. Um, 
because you've been having that lawnmower run since you moved here, and I think we're all sort of angry about it. It helps me sleep. It, Manny, that lawnmower is like 17 feet in the ground by now. It's surprising that those blades are still going. You'd need to turn it off. How do you even fuel it back up, Manny? Chlorine. And that sound means it's time for time, weather, and community announcements. It is a Saturday at noon, and the sun is shining directly down upon our heads. In community announcements, the Yolkenbeck Division of the Sydney Poitier Fan Club is celebrating the celebrity's birthday with a dinner party in a heated room to show their love. Please RSVP as a guest or volunteer so they don't have to guess who's coming to dinner to serve or with love in the heat of the night. Tickets are non-refundable, so once you buy, there's no way out. Thad Gobert wants to clarify that he is not an Elvis Presley impersonator. He is an Elvis Gerback impersonator, a.k.a. the former NFL quarterback who was mistakenly named the people's sexiest athlete in 1998 due to a clerical error. You can find Thad going deep with this impression on his TikTok at Yalgerback. I'll take you to the candy shop. I'll let you lick the lollipop. Go ahead, girl, don't you stop. Keep going till you hit the spot. Whoa! The Yalgerback Sweets and Treats Emporium is now open for business at the intersection of Porpoise and Horse Road. The Yalgerback Procrastinators Club would like to send a message. Next Tuesday, we are holding a special election for the school board. Please help us select whether classroom cabinets will be made of birch, beech, blackwood, or butternut boards. The community college will be hosting a children's fun fair extravaganza next Wednesday. Bring out your little ones to enjoy fun events like surviving a box jellyfish sting, diseases of the Middle Ages, and back by popular demand, expanding your firm services to accounting, management consulting, and corporate financing. And if any of those sound like the kind of community you'd love to be a part of, remember, this is Yalkenbeck. This is Yalkenbeck is an improvised podcast performed by Corey Collins, Josiah Knight, and Cameron Lindsay. Music written and performed by Caleb Ritchie. Check out his music, Caleb Ritchie Music, on Facebook. Our cover art was done by Pip Lloyd. You can find Pip and their work on Twitter with the username at underscore Proto Pip. Our special guest, Elmer F. McCoy IV, was played by Thomas Hatton. Thomas Hatton is a person who likes things and likes to write about things that he likes. After writing for a few different music review websites, he created Proglodytes, a blog and podcast that features more obscure, unusual, or unique artists. Check out proglodytes.com that's P-R-O-G-L-O-D-Y-P-E-S dot com if you want to hear something new and different and probably weird. He also administers a page that profiles extinct megafauna called Extinct Megafauna. Eager for more This Is Y'all Come Back or have a community announcement that you'd like to be read on the show? Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Y'all Come Back Pod on Twitter and at This Is Y'all Come Back on Instagram. Our email is yalkumbeckpodcast at gmail.com. That's Y-A-L-L-C-O-M-E-B-A-C-K 
podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to support This Is Yalkenbeck, you can support us on Patreon, where we are always eager to hear your suggestions for new content in ways that we can engage with our listeners. If you like what you heard here, please hit subscribe so that you can get the newest episode in your feed every week. And while you're at it, leave a five-star review. Finally, share the show with your friends. Just like the people of Yalkenbeck, we're looking to grow, and we would love to welcome more folks into our community. Thanks for listening.